You're listening to a Youth Takeover edition of the Remaking Tomorrow podcast, where teens host the program and welcome peer guests. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Remaking Tomorrow, a series of conversations about the future of learning. This is a podcast powered by Remake Learning, a network that ignites engaging, relevant, and equitable learning practices in support of young people navigating rapid social and technological change. On today's episode, we'll be talking with three youth guests about how students should be supported through their education today and in the future. To start, let's meet our guests. Hi, I'm Emmanuel. I'm from Homewood, and I'm 15 years old. Hello, my name is Vaughn. I'm 15, and I'm from Wilkinsburg. Hello, my name is Cameron. I'm 15, and I'm in Wilkinsburg. I'm Jasmine again, and I'm 15, and I live in Homewood. So to start, we're going to be talking about personalized learning. So how would you define personalized learning? So personalized learning is basically just like learning by your own pace, taking your time and learning by, by yourself and stuff. For me, personalized learning, I think it's more of a like if someone's more accustomed to personalized learning, they're going to struggle and have trouble if they're not, not given the same chance or opportunity to like learn the way they're used to or what they need to learn in that specific way. I think personal learning is learning that is based on what they're interested in, like editing, rap, business and everything and how they learn like speech text so basically like uh, some people learn visually some people learn with audio some people learn by copying things over and over again well i feel like it's the way that you learn best as an individual and what you could take from that individual's way of learning and bring it to the table so everybody else so it's basically just learning from someone but you're changing some of the things If you could go back in time and create a personalized learning feature for yourself, what would it be like based off of what you guys use to learn best? For me, I think I would add a lot more pictures to things, especially when you graduate from maybe kindergarten to first grade and you start reading bigger books. There's pictures, but then when you move on and up, a lot of the times the novels will lose their pictures, and it's a lot harder for some kids to learn things without seeing it visually so i feel like if teachers were to include the visual aspect in their lesson plans it would make things easier for some kids if i would go back in time and make my own personalized learning i think the biggest thing i would focus on is pacing because someone's gonna get it and if they don't get it they just take longer to get that one thing and i think everybody moves at their own pace some people move faster some people move slower pacing prioritize that I think that would just help a lot more students to catch up. For me personally, if I could go back and create a personalized learning, I'd probably add a bunch of pictures. I'm very visual, and I go back and look at stuff, especially in math. I understand. I agree with that, too. For me, also, I would probably add a lot more audio. I know there's like a couple of websites that offer music videos that explain like scientific aspects and different things for different subjects that people use. I think that that should be included a lot more in learning for almost all grades because there's a lot of kids who can memorize songs without having to put a whole ton of effort into it as in studying and copying things over and over again isn't really as effective for them as it would be if it was written in the song. If that's included in the lesson, then I feel like, you know, it's just like a song, you know, you can memorize it and then... You have the notes in the song that will help you. I feel like the websites, sometimes they're easy to find, but sometimes, like, it'll take you somewhere else. 
say you looked up something and it takes you somewhere else and explains something totally different than what you wanted to look up. That's kind of why I feel like it's easier if the teacher, like, automatically includes it inside of their lesson plan, because there's a lot of teachers I know who do. Moving on, would the feature you just described benefit you or other people? It depends. Do they struggle just like me? Do they do personalized learning? Like, they have to have the teachers repeat it to them a couple times for them to actually get it and stuff. So I'd probably say other people because uh, there's a lot of people out there that have a hard time learning stuff. Of course, it would help me personally, but my main focus is to help people that can't catch up as well because I know my ability. But if someone else struggles, I want to help that person so they can follow along and have the same opportunities if I would have if I was moving faster. I feel like my personalized learning would definitely help students who are very musically involved and are very interested in music arts and visual arts, the pictures. It wouldn't just benefit me, but it would benefit students who think and like the same things that I do. It makes learning more enjoyable for a lot of students who maybe their schools don't offer music and arts programs or they just like learning in that specific way and they learn the best in that way. So it wouldn't just benefit me, it would benefit a lot of other kids. Switching over to equity. For young people thinking about another experience could help them get at the concept of equity. How would you define equity as it relates to schools, education, or learning? I would define it as like fair as it relates to school and education and learning since they're all similar in their own way. I would define equity as opportunities and chances that everybody should have. Same opportunities, same education, and same ways of learning. Same thing with Cameron. I feel like equity is very much money-related and funding and what schools can offer to students based off of taxes and whatnot. And it has a lot to do with the neighborhood maybe the school's in or how much funding they receive and how much fundraisers they do and stuff like that. All of that plays a big part in the opportunities that those students that attend that school will have, simply because if you have more money, then you're able to offer a lot more learning and have more teachers for certain things. I know a lot of schools will have to like cut a lot of teachers because they can't fund those classes and they might not be required, but for a lot of students that might help them with a career they wanted to pursue or something. What changes might you make to be sure you and your peers feel like they belonged? How would you help students feel marginalized or not good enough thrive? Students who don't thrive enough, I feel like changes should be made to that, especially in like learning. Some students will try to understand it, but others won't, and you have to change that to help them understand it. So I believe you could change like a lot of stuff to help them understand what they're not understanding. I think a student that doesn't feel like they're not good enough, I think they would think that once they lose, there's no chance and they have to give up. But I would make some type of safe space to reach out to them to make them know that you can always keep trying and you shouldn't give up just because of one loss. Some changes I would make is to have somebody that shows that they care and have some compassion for you, especially if you don't feel like you belong in the certain place you are. A mentor, somebody just cares for you, really. Like a, a counselor? Yeah. Or a friend? Mm-hmm. Or someone who just feels like you matter. And there's like, you could change it to where like there's an easier class of that subject that they're not understanding that explains it way easier. 
I would definitely offer a lot of after-school tutoring, not specifically maybe the teachers who work during the day, but I would hire a lot of teachers who can maybe work in the afternoon for maybe three to four hours with the students. If they're struggling with an issue in their class or they just need someone to talk to or they need help with whatever work that the teacher can go over again, I would bring someone in and advertise that they're able to help students so that the students don't feel overwhelmed doing all of it by themselves when they can't understand, and the teacher might not have time to work with them specifically. Like substitutes? Well, not substitute teachers. They're just there whenever the teacher isn't in school. It's more like teachers who come after school and they teach the same subject they don't come during the day so they're not there the whole day they're there for like three to four hours teachers that like work at home and stuff and they come to school once we get out yeah i feel like they're trying to push the idea that there are counselors and there are social workers and i think they're mostly there for whenever you need something high school college related it's not so much emotionally It's more educationally. And I think we do need that, but they also need to push the idea of there being therapists. And I know there are a few, but many kids who need them don't know that we have them there. We have therapists? Yeah. I didn't even know that. We do? Yeah, we do. Mostly, if people do that, they mostly just talk to their favorite teacher about it or, like, go to the nurse and talk about it. I never knew we had a therapist. I feel like we should have designated people for people who actually need someone to talk to. And there are therapists So the four of us go to Westinghouse, and it seems that our school might have a lot less money than a lot of other schools in PPS. So do you guys feel like, in comparison to other schools, is the equity about the same? I say yeah, because like a school's a school, low-key. It doesn't matter if there's money or not. We're still like regular school. We go on field trips. We have days off. We do that. We celebrate holidays. We have our days off. School's a school to me. I wouldn't really, like, say our school is different from other schools since it's a, it's a school. Yeah, same with Emmanuel. I think that a school's a school. You really can't change that. But there are obvious ups and downs to certain schools, different advantages. But I think Westinghouse definitely tries and is making progress to being a more equitable place for other students. When it comes to funding and money-wise, no, I don't think we're as equal as other schools. But as what Vaughn said, we're trying to build up and work on how we're um doing even though we barely got any new students and stuff we're still a good school our school appreciates the people who actually come here and actually graduate and do good things in life we hang them on their walls we honor the people who came to our school and actually graduated and stayed and graduated so we also made a difference in life did something with their life instead of just skipping school being in gangs and stuff we actually took our time learned our stuff went to college got a degree and got a real job For me, I don't think that our school is pretty equal with a lot of other schools in PPS, and that's simply because I've seen it with my own eyes, how different it could be when there is more funding. There's more teachers, more options, there's majors and minors and all different things, and I feel like our school should offer that to the neighborhood kids that might have got zoned at Westinghouse, because they should go to school and they shouldn't feel like it's a punishment. They should feel like it's an opportunity to learn something that they can carry on with them in the future, instead of just giving up and walking the hallways. I feel like a lot of the students who may have used to participate a lot in class, they said that they came from Obama and they felt like Westinghouse was a punishment on them because they didn't do well enough on Obama. 
Although Obama has like testing and stuff you need to take for you to get into that school, and it's particularly better in the eyes of the public, it should not be that way at all. Students should not have to go to school and feel like it's a punishment on them for being in a place where they're supposed to have opportunities and learn. Although they're both schools, they are viewed in entirely different ways. The public and the media pushes the two different schools in entirely different ways, and they are in the same radius of each other. Alderdice, Obama, and Westinghouse are in generally the same area, not that far away from each other, and Westinghouse is still viewed in the negative, even on the news. I mean, yeah, there's an obvious difference in equality for different schools, but I also think it's a big part of the state amount of students that when they come to school, they either feel like it's a punishment or they feel like it's an opportunity. And I feel like schools need to make it more apparent that it's an opportunity and it's an advantage to be able to go to school and learn something new. I think that the news could also do a good job at pushing that there are positive things in our school and they could show it more to students. They don't feel embarrassed telling people, you know, hey, I go to this school and you go to this school. And it shouldn't be, I go to this school and I'm better than you because I have more money at my school and you don't. It should be equal. I feel like the news should really start doing good stuff. From my point of view, the news only serves about our school if only bad things happen. Yeah, it shouldn't be that way. That tears down a lot of self-esteem for students, and it makes it very hard to see the learning environment in a positive light. And that's a lot of the reason why students will lose motivation when going to school, because it's viewed in a negative way. All right, last question for today. What's one thing parents and educators can do to support every learner? It can be by their side or every step of the way, even help them when they're struggling the most, and also show them the ways that they learn. Also talk about how they went to school, how they were when they went to school and stuff. Don't get frustrated or mad at them. Be understanding, since even I don't talk about stuff that happens in school sometimes. They they get mad at me and stuff. For me, I feel like a lot of parents need to be an open, safe space. And I feel like although they'll advertise that and they'll push that to their children, they don't mean it in a way that you can say what exactly what happened and you won't get a punishment for it. I feel like it shouldn't be something they can use against you. And I also feel like they should be open to letting you try new things instead of just pushing the idea that you always need to go to college and you need to get a job in government or healthcare and have a steady job so that you'll always be financially stable. They need to be able to push different opportunities for different people. They need to support their children through all the way and not be strict and not be too hard on them. Thanks to Cameron, Vaughn, and Emmanuel for joining us today. Remaking Tomorrow is powered by Remake Learning, a Pittsburgh-based network of people and organizations that ignites engaging, relevant, and equitable learning practices in support of young people navigating rapid social and technological change. Learn more at remakelearning.org.